As I understand it, the traditional British suit represents a man's armor. That is, after you put it on, you're ready to go into battle like the knights of old, and go fight for victory of the day, getting out there to face difficulties and problems solved. <laughs> and then when I went in, wearing that suit, the whole office was looking at me and sniggering. It made me feel so awkward. Was I dressed in the wrong way? I think entrepreneurship over the years has reshaped my character and made me tougher. The most challenging period of time has to be the past three years, where I weathered the storm and threw myself onto the maintenance of the company during the pandemic. My employees, business partners, and investors were all counting on my efforts. My name is Tao Peng. Seven years ago, I founded a customized suits brand named Lessmore. We now have 32 chain stores in 30 cities all over China. From a misdressed investment bank employee to the owner of his own custom tailoring suit brand, Tao Peng has spent seven years creating a bespoke clothing chain in China. Through unstinting efforts, he has opened up a dozen more physical stores all over the country in the past three years, as China went through its COVID-19 prevention and control measures. In today's episode of Footprints, we will hear how Cao Peng ensured the growth of his company over the past few years, as well as his journey as a young entrepreneur fighting to keep his business running and thriving. Stay tuned. Bespoke suits conjure up a gloss of sophistication and elegance, overlying its renowned expensiveness. Some might think of Savile Row in Mayfair, in central London, where traditional bespoke tailoring for men is exquisitely made. Unlike ready-to-wear, bespoke garments don't have a base pattern or are made in standard sizes. They are usually made with a new pattern drafted from scratch for each individual customer, and therefore generally comes with a higher quality of manufacture. However, in the eyes of Cao Peng, who has collected over 200 bespoke suits for himself over the past decade, the suit has gone far beyond a piece of man's clothing, cut and made by hand. According to him, how men choose to wear their garments also reveals their identities and personalities. As I understand it, the traditional British suit represents a man's armor. That is, after you put it on. You're ready to go into battle like the knights of old, and go fight for victory of the day, getting out there to face difficulties and problem solved. So the overall design tends to be formal and classical. The Italian style, on the other hand, is rather light and lively, without much lining to add weight and structure to the garment. One could maybe put the suit on and go surfing or skateboarding. As a piece of clothing deeply embedded in Western dress culture, it's just as common nowadays for men to put on a suit and wear it like a day-to-day -day jacket, regardless of whether it's for work or leisure. 
But to many of his Chinese customers, Cao Peng realized that the understanding of this garment is slightly different. Apart from dressing up for business purposes, the concept of putting on a suit fits well with other important occasions here in China, such as weddings. Ever since the opening up of China in the late 1970s, men dressing up in full suits with their brides in white wedding gowns have become the norm for Chinese wedding ceremonies. This imported style has secured its place in the wedding services industry in China. For many Chinese grooms, their wedding suit might be their very first suit in life. And in our business, customized wedding clothing is in robust demand, regardless of the COVID-19 pandemic. Because new couples are still getting married, sooner or later, when the pandemic control is over, demand remains high. Appreciating this, Cao Peng decided to retarget his core clientele in order to better cope with the new norms under the country's pandemic control. Ever since 2019, we've adjusted our main publicity direction from business-oriented to wedding-oriented, hoping to attract new couples who are planning their big day. Compared with customizing suits for business needs, Catering for wedding services have been less impacted, according to our observations, which in turn has brought an increase on orders during the pandemic. But to achieve such a growth is easier said than done. For three years, China has won precious time with its relentless efforts that has seen COVID-19 mutate from a deadly virus to a less lethal pathogen. But the early detection of infection sources, as well as the lockdowns that followed, inevitably hit the pause button for offline services, leaving physical store owners like Cao Peng constantly trying to figure out new ways to survive in the marketplace. There are several popular wedding seasons here in China. During the Labor Day holiday in May, the National Day holiday in October, and the spring festival season. But right before a national day this year, our factory in Qingdao, Shandong province was faced with strict pandemic controls, followed by a temporary shutting of the local logistics chains. I remember many of my customers were holding their wedding ceremonies in that October. So a later arriving suit would not look good. However, as time went by, challenges continued to arise, as did new solutions. After constant negotiation with local government, Cao Peng managed to release a batch of his most urgent orders out of the factory. Then, at the expense of the company, he purchased the delivery services from the local airport and high-speed train station that eventually got the customized products to his customers on time. Blazing his way through all manner of obstacles during that unforgettable experience, Cao Peng said the strong will of meeting the trust of the customers was what motivated him. Normally, the delivery of our suits from, for example, Qingdao to Xi'an would cost 23 Chinese yuan, or around 3 US dollars per order. But the price for an aeroplane delivery order could reach up to 480 yuan, or roughly 68 dollars. It was the best option we could think of during that special time. And most importantly, we had our customers' suits delivered on time when it was most needed. 
Through that experience, Cao Peng further believed that trust, though hard to manufacture, had become one of the most delicate but critical requirements for an effective pandemic response. In the face of a slowed-down business environment, Cao Peng said he sometimes would have to use the profit made in one store to cover the loss in another, and over the most recent three years, he had had to make the tough decision to close two of the stores in Xi'an and Wuhan before flying over to both cities in search of new venues to have them opened again. Challenging and tiring as it may sound, Cao Peng added that not even once did he think about giving up on his business in return for temporary peace. I think the toughest moments after I started my business all lie in the past few years when we struggled to cope with the pandemic control. I remember in the first half of 2020, no one knew what the future would be like and everything remained uncertain. Like many others, I was in a dilemma whether I should call off the entire offline service line. But then I thought, wouldn't it be such a pity if I just simply gave up? To him, every order placed is a promise to be fulfilled, and though difficult, he would do his best to meet the customer's requirements. Some of our oldest stores, like the ones in Beijing and Shenzhen, have been running and winning good reputations ever since we first started seven years ago. Some of our old customers would even recommend us to others around them. So the market is still out there, only held back for now due to the pandemic. Therefore, even though keeping finding solutions could be hard, I don't really feel bitter in the heart. And as new challenges emerge, I would just keep on steering the business towards a more adaptable upgrade. Meanwhile, Cao Peng also shared that he, along with innumerable business owners across the country, had definitely not been left all on their own. Several supportive plans for companies and enterprises issued by the government had also been implemented, enabling businesses to turn products into sales while maintaining a basic operation. What truly helped us included some national unified policies, such as tax refund and logistic chain securing plans. Both helped in keeping the business running during the pandemic. Nowadays, as China optimizes its COVID-19 prevention and control measures, restrictions in coping with the virus have been further lifted. Starting from early December 2022, the lockdown measures have been gradually scrapped all over the country, bringing entrepreneurs like Cao Peng more hope for a business recovery in the coming year. And as China stuck to its dynamic zero-COVID policy, success in minimizing the death rate and enhancing public health through vaccination is underpinned by both the public's trust in the government and in a shared social contract among the people. To Cao Peng, the same principles would apply to companies that bear hope for the future while believing in their own brand's resilience to thrive. With the support he had received and hope for a brighter future, Cao Peng shared his optimism towards the restoration of his business in the coming months. We really want to build our brand into a good one, and a few months of fluctuations is acceptable to us. After three to five months, I assume there will be a rebound in the business, and the market will slowly recover. 
From now on, it won't be too long before the whole offline business recovers too. Like Qatar holding the World Cup in previous weeks, I think everyone here will get busier soon and start making money again. So one lesson I've learned is to never give up in face of temporary obstacles. When asked where his persistence originated from, Cao Peng suggested that a deep sense of responsibility he inherited ever since he was young might be the key. He shared the fact that when he was studying in the US more than a decade ago, he was financially supported partially by a student loan, which to him back then was a rather large sum of money that he struggled to pay back on his own. Tracing from my past experiences, I think it may have something to do with my character. Like for me, the student loan helped me when I was all alone in a foreign country. It was a sense of kindness and trust, to which I felt I was obliged to pay back in whichever way I could. So slowly I managed to pay back all the student loan with my beginner's salary that I had when I got my first job back in China. And that sense of responsibility and not failing other people's trust have always been with me until this day. To him, conscientiousness has become an article of faith he pursued as a student then and as a business owner now. And with such a spirit, Cao Peng found his first job in an investment bank in Hong Kong soon after graduation. That was also where he had his first encounter with custom-tailored suits. With a light-hearted laugh, he shared the anecdote of a misdressing experience that he would never forget. That must have been more than 10 years ago, when I first walked into the Asian headquarters of the Deutsche Bank based in Hong Kong. As a new employee, I wanted to look smart and got myself a fashion-style suit that was embroidered with a big flower on my shoulder. And then when I went in, dressed in that suit, the whole office was looking at me and then people walked away one after another, sniggering. It made me feel so awkward. Am I dressed in the wrong way? Later on, he recalled that his managing director was notified of the incident too. And unexpectedly, what happened next opened up a new door for Cao Peng that altered his life even before he realized it. Then my managing director came to me. Without saying anything else, he lent me his credit card and dragged me downstairs to a customizing suit shop to get that thing off me as soon as possible. He was the one who led me to the world of customized suits. Later I learned that those working in finance and lawyer industries often tend to get their suits tailor-made. It was like a work standard. Years after that day, Cao Peng could still recall the experience of acquiring his very first bespoke suit. As if discovering a new continent, he was amazed by the service he received and the high quality of the tailor-made garment. Putting away his fashion garment, the one with a flower on the shoulder, Cao Peng soon dived into the realm of customized suits and even set off for his own adventure. Meanwhile, with the resources and experiences he acquired while working in the investment bank, Cao Peng witnessed many business owners starting from scratch and earning their first pot of gold. This made him think about starting a business of his own. Seeing how others succeed in their businesses was not quite enough for me. 
I wanted to steer the wheel myself and taste what it's like as well. And with my passion for bespoke suits, I customized over 100 garments for myself over the years, before eventually deciding to start a company making suits. Plus, I also went to the Beijing Institute of Fashion Technology and studied how customized suits are made, etc. From both the perspective of a customer and a shop owner, therefore, I felt that I was ready. Over the years, Cao Peng equipped himself in every respect, which later helped him to be fully ready to act when opportunity knocked. Starting from 2014, the Chinese government placed especially high importance on mass innovation and entrepreneurship, and was offering funds and opportunities to many young entrepreneurs who wanted to have a try. Under the initiative led by the government, Cao Peng attracted his first group of investors in 2016 and started his own company. But what he aimed to achieve was slightly different from traditional custom-tailored suits businesses. A customized suit is relatively expensive. The overall price can be very high, which would scare away potential customers who simply want to experience the service. Noticing this, I wanted to modify the business running pattern from totally offline customization to the combination of online and offline services, which would save communicational time and manpower with the help of the internet, while keeping the traditional fitting and tailor making process authentic. And that is exactly what he did. By developing a click and mortar system, his company would first take in orders and inquiries over a designated online system. The system would then gather and distribute the customers' requests to local stores, who would then take over the offline business and book time with the customers when they could take measurements and try out the sample. The system also keeps a record of the entire custom process and supervises the service quality. And when the order is closed, it also gathers customer feedback for future improvements. Cao Peng later explained that digitalizing a large part of the publicity as well as their services was right up to date with current practices. Back in the day, most orders were done in physical stores, where customers would walk into the shopping mall, find our store, and see the fabric and patterns for themselves. But nowadays, consumers of a younger generation would prefer to browse through social media and do their research on the brand, the service we provide, and the feedback from previous customers. Then they'll decide whether they would pay us a visit or not. So as time passes, we've been switching our business model as well to make sure that all our customers' needs are satisfied. Over the years, his company has accumulated a large group of customers who trust in his brand. In November 2022 alone, they received more than 10,000 inquiries, most of which were from new couples who wished to hold their wedding ceremonies during the Spring Festival holiday in the coming January. As he now looks back on his seven years entrepreneurial journey, Cao Peng said with a relieved smile. That the biggest change he noticed in himself is the strengthened perseverance in his personality. 
可能因为创业改变了很多性格上的。I think entrepreneurship over the years has reshaped my character and made me tougher. The most challenging period of time has to be the past three years, where I weathered the storm and threw myself into the maintenance of the company during the pandemic. My employees, business partners, and investors were all counting on my efforts. So I think one would need to have a strong heart in order to root for the company and for yourself. As we wrapped up the phone call that morning, Cao Peng was in the middle of his business trips to Yunnan Province in southwest China. The lifted pandemic restriction policies have given him more confidence in his offline stores all over the country, and without doubt, Cao Peng is ready to suit up for the post-pandemic future he aims to build. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thanks for listening. Special thanks go to our reporter Liu Yushan. I'm Bob Jones. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary but incredible people in China, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Just key in Footprints, and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.